Hey there, all you pro-gun bullies and magnum-packing patriots. This is the Tap Rack Bang Podcast, episode 13. I'm your host, Ryan Frazier. With me, as always, riding shotgun is the tactical tackle, Tyler Witzke. Welcome to the program, pal. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hell, pecker, yeah. Um, we remind all our pro-gun bullies out there, if you want to do some pro-gun bully shit, you want to give... David Chipman, an old-fashioned atomic wedgie, hit that like button. If you want to give Chuck Schumer a sloppy wet willy, go ahead and subscribe. And to give sleepy Joe Biden just a gnarly old swirly, go ahead and ring that Liberty Bell. Sound the alarm of freedom every time a Tap Rack Bang podcast drops. Right. And Uh, don't forget, link in the description, get these cool-ass stickers. What's that cost, Tyler? About 50 bucks, 200 bucks? Zero dollars. Zero of dollars? Free 99. What? No Bitcoins or nothing? Nothing. I'm saying. So click the link down in the description. Get your sticker. Do it. Do it. Yeah. All right. Um, We got a great show today. Yeah. Who's on the show? Yeah. So we got uh, State Rep Jonathan Hill from South Carolina here. Um, Verified pro-gun bully in his own right. 50 caliber Freedom Award winner. That's no joke. So uh, he'll be detailing... uh, Basically, what went down constitutional carry in South Carolina this year, and uh, what we can do to uh, fight back next year. Yeah. So. And back by popular demand, we're playing blind man's blaster yet again. We got the lead firearms instructor for the National Association for Gun Rights, Mr. Eric Jones, playing again. We're going to see if we can stump him this time, trying to identify some common firearms with a blindfold on. Yeah. We had a lot of fun doing it. All right. Last week for T-shirt time. It's T-shirt time! We asked you, what was the shortest-lived main service rifle for the United States military? And an old friend of the show, Randy Bounds, who has won T-shirt time already, man, he's uh, knocking him out of the park. He went and won it again. It's the M14, had the shortest tenure as a standard-issue rifle for the U.S. military. This week for T-shirt time, we're going to stick to talking about the M14, and I want to know... What firearm did the M14 beat out in the trials to become the standard issue rifle for the U.S. military? If you think you know without Googling Honor System here, comment below. First one to comment in the YouTube comments correctly will win a dope-ass, don't hold my hand, National Association (laughs) for Gun Rights t-shirt. So comment below. All right, let's hop into the bullet points and discuss what is the current events of gun rights today theme of the show is that we're effing pissed. We're effing pissed. We got three FN firearms here because we are effing pissed. effing pissed at the Louisiana state government who acted like a bunch of baby back bitches and failed to override Governor Edwards' veto of constitutional carry. Yeah. So um, they went into veto override session. Yesterday was the first – or Tuesday was the first day. And – Constitutional carry was second or third bill brought up, Mm -hmm. and uh, this was in the state Senate. Three Republicans, three spineless Republicans and one Democrat changed their votes. They voted right the first time, but the anti-gun, Gun Control Inc. got to them. Yep. Apparently their votes are for sale, and they flipped their votes, and this time around opposed constitutional carry yep it's pathetic keep in mind we had one no show from one no show well these these jackasses work for like three months out of the freaking year and he couldn't make it for one of the most important votes in the entire state this year yep unexcusable believe you me 
those politicians have something coming. Stay tuned for future episodes where we have a little fun with the Louisiana senators who bailed on their law-abiding, gun-owning constituents. Exactly. All right, but before we get too pissed off, let's let's move on from Louisiana and talk about some legal stuff, Tyler. Yeah, so uh, again, like he said, stay tuned. We're going to have some exciting stuff coming to the podcast. But uh, the National Foundation for Gun Rights, NAGR's legal arm, in conjunction with NAGR, actually filed an amicus brief for the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus uh, Kevin Bruin, who is the respondent of this case. So we'll have more details about that later, but this is essentially about the uh, uh, whether or not you're allowed to uh, carry a pistol concealed outside of your home. Yeah, simple. the simple concept that, yeah, the Second Amendment applies not just in your home. Right. Seems like a no-shit concept, but in this day and age, we actually have to pay lawyers to make sure that that happens, yep. and which is exactly what we're doing. We're getting involved legally. We're taking these some bitches to court. And we're hoping to kick some ass and expand gun rights to right. some New Yorkers. Yeah. So the Supreme Court has already agreed to hear this case. So yeah, we're we're very excited to uh, await the outcome. But uh, stay tuned if you want to help out the foundation. Go to gunrightsfoundation.org. Do help it. them out. Yes, sir. What else you got there? Um, I think we're going on the blind man's blaster next. Actually, I think we're gonna talk to Jonathan Hill. Oh first. yeah. We yeah. So. As we said before, bona fide pro-gun bully and magnum pack and patriot 50 caliber Freedom Award winner Jonathan Hill joined us and we talked about the fight for constitutional carry in South Carolina. I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Representative Jonathan Hill from South Carolina's 8th House District. He is the winner of the 50 caliber Freedom Award and is a bona fide pro-gun bully who has been the loudest voice for constitutional carry and your Second Amendment rights within the walls of government in South Carolina. Thank you for joining us today, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Good to be here. Getting right into it. Um, first question, um, more of a summary we, we would ask of you. Um, give us a rundown. What did you need that rundown by? For uh, viewers and listeners who don't know what's going on or what went down in South Carolina this uh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this, uh, this past spring in yeah. the legislative session with constitutional carry. Yeah, so this, this, past, uh, this past year with constitutional carry um, was really kind of the culmination of years' worth of effort. But, uh, you know, we've been forcing the issue, uh, forcing the legislature to vote on the issue, signaling we're not going to stop, we're not going to go away, we're not going to quit until this happens. And as a result, um, sometimes along the way, you don't, quite get what you're wanting, but maybe some other things happen that, uh, um, and you know, as a re one of those examples would be this year, the, the state legislature passed an open carry bill. So open carry is now legal in South Carolina. Unfortunately, uh, there was a bunch of, you know, bad crap gun control stuff added into the bill. Um, so that's going to keep some people busy for, for a while in the future. But, you know, basically, uh, that was something that the legislature did. So, you know, with or without us, they were, they were bound and determined to do that. And so um, we're coming back next year. We're demanding constitutional carry. Uh, there is still a bill uh, in play, uh, potentially. Uh, there is a constitutional carry bill that passed the House in April of this year, went over to the Senate. The Senate so far has ignored it. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We, we may be able to convince uh, our colleagues over there to uh, actually do the right thing and uh, do something conservative for a change and take up the bill. 
Sounds good. So as you know, we're currently fighting for constitutional carry in Louisiana still, and we've actually seen Democrats who are voting for the bill. Why was it so hard this year to get Republicans to hop on board constitutional carry in South Carolina? Well, it, it's kind of unbelievable that in a state like South Carolina where gun rights are so important and you know, in a, in a state where you have overwhelming Republican majorities in the House, in the Senate, uh, you have a Republican governor who's been saying since 2017 that he's going to sign the bill the moment it comes to his desk, and we can't seem to get the bill out. And so um, a lot of that comes back to, um, to, to House and Senate leadership, the people that are in charge of the committees, the Speaker of the House and so forth, um, don't want this bill to pass. They're just sure. they're not conservatives. Now, interestingly enough, you mentioned Democrats voting for the bill because we actually had that in South Carolina this year as well. There were no less than three separate votes in the House, uh, a March vote, an April vote, and a May vote. And in the May vote, you had, I don't know, 20-something, I think, Democrats um, actually flip and actually vote for uh, constitutional carry, um, the the constitutional carry amendment that I filed on the open carry bill. So um, that would have kept it in play a little longer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can say what you want about anyone's motivations. I think the ultimate answer to your question is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why they voted. What matters is how they voted. Yes, sir. Um, Because the votes count. Absolutely. Right. So, as you know, NAGR and Palmetto Gun Rights, our state affiliate, have been active in in South Carolina pushing constitutional carry. So uh, give a little compare contrast um, of the tactics we use versus the mainstream gun lobby who seems pretty much non-existent in South Carolina. Well, you guys definitely have the reputation of being the no compromise gun lobby and I can tell you um, from, from, the, from the inside perspective of working inside the legislature with you guys on the outside, that has certainly been true. Um, the, you know, the, the staff at PGR and, and here at NAGR um, you know, have have been very courageous and willing to you know pick a fight, stick to it, uh, drive a hard bargain, and that's what you have to do. One thing that's so frustrating to me is when Republican leaders and Republican lawmakers and Republican activists and outside organizations such as the NRA, you know, they uh, it's it's like um, they think somehow by asking for half of an apple you can actually get a whole apple, and that's not even common sense. That's just right. straight up bad bargaining. It's it's bad negotiating. It's not good politics, and it's definitely not principled. Right. Definitely. Um, so after 2020, do you see that South Carolina is closer to getting constitutional carry, and what's what's on the horizon for 2021? Well, or excuse um, me, 2022. Yeah, we're, this is 2021. <laughs> uh, 2022. I think that um, you know the the way these things go. Sometimes it takes a few election cycles, and and you know I've I've always reminded people that sometimes forcing a vote that you know you're going to lose is on the path to winning. Absolutely. Now, this was the, actually the first year that we really thought that um, if we force the vote, we've got a good shot at actually passing it, um, both the House and the Senate. But you don't actually know what's going to happen until it happens, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is um, I mentioned three separate votes in the House. Um, there was a, a vote in the Senate as well, so four votes all total this year. And what's raw and what's fresh on everyone's mind in South Carolina is that our Republicans – we gave them a supermajority in the House and the Senate, filibuster-proof majorities in both chambers. Mm-hmm. You can't blame this on Democrats anymore. You better um, give us something or you're, you're not going to have this uh, power anymore. That's right. And uh, I really think that um, South Carolina is at a crossroads right now, 
And if you care about your gun rights and you live in South Carolina, or if you care about your gun rights and you don't live in South Carolina, because I'm telling you what happens in our state will affect you uh, in other states, help us out. You Definitely. bet. Definitely. So um, I know you and other uh, constitutional carry sponsors all across the nation are known as uh, kind of troublemakers, <laughs> but uh, how does the establishment, say Republicans or leadership, actually regard you after this fight? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say if you ask any of my colleagues in the, in the House of Representatives in South Carolina that I am the most hated member in the entire 124-member <laughs> state house. Um, I, I don't think it's even even a close call. <laughs> right. Uh, and and old, I, you know, funny little anecdote. A few years ago, I had a, a, a Democrat colleague who's, who's no longer there anymore. He, he retired, but he told me, came up to me one day and said, Jonathan, your head is as hard as anthracite coal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then he had to go and explain, you know, anthracite coal, there's three types of coal. That's the hardest form there is. Right. It's basically rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think that, um, you know, stubbornness, tenacity, uh, perseverance, those are all things that we see that kind of define the radical left when they're fighting for what they believe in. Absolutely. And compromise and uh, bad judgment and a willingness to give up and go home and consider your work done is, is what has defined the conservative movements. And that mentality has just got to go. Absolutely. We definitely love politicians that don't go to office to make friends they're there to get something done we definitely see that um out of you year after year and keeping with that same concept why don't you go ahead and dime out some of the weak-kneed republicans we we want you to drop names we call it shooting blanks on this show so (laughs) give give us a few names of who our viewers should be mad at in south carolina well one in particular you should know about is um because there's a little history here so in 2017 was probably the first straight up vote on the policy that um, that I was able to help force uh, on constitutional carry. It was a motion to recall the bill out of committee where the chairman had been killing it. And um, a fellow uh, out in uh, that represented part of the Myrtle Beach area, uh, Representative Greg Duckworth, voted against the bill. Quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth. Uh, there were only 20 Republicans voting with me to pull the bill out. He, he was one that voted against. And in 2018, he lost his primary by less than 100 votes. Uh, he was replaced by um, William Bailey. And William Bailey filled out Palmetto Gun Rights survey, 100% came in telling everybody, including me personally to my face, I'm going to be there for constitutional care. You just tell me what you need, going to do it. Awesome. Three years later, three years later, the guy is literally doing what he wants, thumbing his nose at every gun owner in South Carolina, every gun owner in his district, um, you know, showing the, the mail that went out and, and talking about how you guys lied about him and whatever. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 he, you know, he's, he's a pledge breaker. I mean, I, I honestly, I believe that, uh, discipline has to begin at home. Yes, sir. And you, if you, if you go into office, with a mandate to pass constitutional carry and you raise your right hand and you swear an oath to protect and defend the constitution of the united states which by the way includes the second amendment and the constitution of this state which south carolina has their own uh language similar to the second amendment in our state constitution you raise your right hand you swear that oath and then you go out and you act like it means nothing 
It means nothing at all. You better believe there's going to be consequences for that. There have to be consequences for that. Absolutely. Um, he was one really big surprise. I did not expect him to do that. There were some others, um, one from my local area. Um, I mean, quite honestly, uh, there are about six or seven other reps uh, that represent parts of the same county that I, that I live in, and uh, every single one of them to a person um, voted against constitutional carry in, in May after voting for it in April. Wow. So they voted for it in April, voted against it in May, and two individuals, Representative Gagnon and Representative Thayer, have always had good voting records in the past, and I was just very surprised and disappointed that they, that they broke their good streak in May. So, you know, ultimately, I think it, we, had, we do have, even if it doesn't feel like we have government of the people, for the people, and by the people, what's still true in America today is that the people are the highest authority in America. That's right. Mm -hmm. They are. And so, you know, every single one of us that run for office and get elected, we, uh, we answer to you. And, you know, you have, to, you have to exercise that at some point. And it's, it's your call. Should, should people like this go back into office or not? Right. That's a great point. Yeah. So uh, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. We have a segment on the show called Inside the Waistband, you know, kind of quirky. But um, we want to ask you, what's inside your waistband? What are you carrying nowadays? A uh, little bit of money. <laughs> not much. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, um, I um, have a Springfield XD 45 Slim. Nice, sweet. I wanted the biggest bullet I could possibly big put holes in bad a concealable guys. weapon. I'm not a big guy, as you <laughs> right. can see. So if a big guy is coming towards me uh, to do me harm, I want to put a big bullet in him. So that's what I picked. Outstanding. Well. That just about does it for our interview, but we thank you, Representative Hill, for joining us today, and we appreciate your continued fight to bring constitutional carry and everything liberty to the state of South Carolina. Thank you. Well, I want to tell you guys and every gun owner out there that watches this podcast episode, you know, a lot of times we think that our elected officials are going to go to the Capitol and solve everything for us, and I can tell you firsthand, can't do it without you. I need you. Um, much more than you need me. So thank you guys for being there and helping us bring the fight. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Great stuff from Representative Hill of South Carolina. We are looking forward to kicking some ass in the Palmetto State in the coming years. But now it's time to have some fun, Tyler. Yeah. We got Eric Jones back on the show playing the hottest new game show, sweeping the firearms industry and the pro-gun community. We played a little Blind Man's Blaster. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. This is Blind Man's Blaster, the firearms game show that is sweeping the nation. Our returning champion is Mr. Eric Jones, the lead firearms instructor for the National Association for Gun Rights and president of his local Justin Bieber fan club. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Jones. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you attempt to destroy what little credibility <laughs> I have left. Glad to do it. Tyler, why don't you tell the folks watching back home how we play. All right, we got some guns on the table. You will judge each and every single one of them based on ergonomics, trigger, and just feel in your hand mm. on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. And then once we're done with that, we'll keep you blindfolded and we'll have you guess which each gun is. 
Okay. Sounds and good. can you confirm to our viewers that you cannot see these guns and you haven't been tipped off of what you're about to grab? I cannot. These are not my real eyes and I cannot see out the bottom. All right, let's play our game. Starting with gun number one is in your hand right now. We can confirm to our viewers that every gun is safety checked and he will be pointing it in a safe direction at all times. So, so we've got some double stacks here. That's right. Boy, that's a mystery. All right, so ergonomics. Um, I like the way the grip feels. The magazine doesn't really add any length to the grip, but I can get my whole hand on the grip. Um, controls. Uh, feels ambidextrous. Let's see here. Slide release on the other side, so they're taking care of its lefties. I like that. Nice. Uh, I don't feel any manual safety, which I'm a fan of no manual safety. So let me uh, dry fire this gun. Okay. Ooh, that might have given it away. Check the reset. Ooh, that's nice. So what would you rate it on trigger feels and ergonomics? So I, I like it all. The grip. Um, Again, I like the bigger double stack type grips. I'm going to give a four out of five. Um, I love the fact that they catered to us lefties here. Um, give that a give that a five out of five, and I really like the trigger. I'm going to for a defensive handgun. I'm going to give that trigger. Can I give it a four and a half? Sure, sure. Four and a half. We're making it up as we go. Okay, so yeah, I like that. Cool. All righty, that's gun number one. Go ahead and. Grab a feel of number two. Wow, this is gonna be harder than last week. Okay, she said. I think I know what that is. I just double check everything anyway. Good policy. Okay, so no separations. If that's a Glock, it's a newer Glock because they put some stuff on the other side. I feel a safety on the trigger. Um, like the grip. Like the fact that it has uh, ergos on both sides. Again, no manual safety. I'm going to dry fire it. Alright, so I'm pretty sure I know what this is. I'm going to give this a 4 on the grip. A four on ergo because I do like the fact that it is ambidextrous. I'd have to move the. And you gave a five to the first gun for controls for being ambidextrous. Yeah, but I like the way that that one feels better. It's a little easier to hit. I don't use the slide release when I operate a gun anyway. Sure. I use, you know, gross, gross motor skills and just rock sure. the slide. But, um, yeah, I'm going to give this a four on the okay. grip. I'm going to give it a four on the controls, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it a three on the trigger. Okay. Okay. And let's uh, put that mag back in. Don't let me handle that. Okay. Gun numero trace. Boy, this is tough. All right, so ergonomics. I thought 
thought I felt a grip safety for a second, but I didn't. Um, again, I think it's ambidextrous. Boy, they're all feeling the same. Um, <laughs> again, probably a three on the grip. I don't like this bulge on the pack strap right here. He doesn't like the bulge. No. And the controls are decent and ambi, and I don't feel that dreaded manual safety. I don't feel a trigger safety either. So I'm going to go three on the grip, four on the controls. That's interesting. I'm going to give that trigger a three and a half. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Gun number four, right in front of you. This is tough, guys. Well, you did so good the last time. We wanted to mix it up a little bit. We added another gun and threw in some obscure options for you. Okay, I'm not going to worry about guessing what it is yet. <laughs> I like that grip. I'm going to give the grip a... Um, feels a little thinner than the other ones. I'm going to give that grip a three and a half. Okay. There is ambi controls. No manual safety. Got love for the lefties today. Again, I'm liking the controls on all of them. I'm going to give that a four. And let's check out this bang switch. So I like the trigger pull, but the reset is ambiguous. It's I'm not exactly sure. I almost short stroked it. I know you're going to comment on that. Um, <laughs> now. All right, so I'm going to go. It's a little thinner grip. I'm going to give the grip in a three. I'm going to give the controls. Back to that four, because again, we're happy with the lefties today. The trigger, I love the pull, but I hate the reset. So for that, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a three. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So if you were forced to choose based on what you just felt, which gun would you want to carry? Well, since I've been accused of being... The Glock fanboy, and I know that this. I know there was a Glock 19 in there. I think it was a Gen 5. I'd probably pick that, but I'm a big fan of the Sig 320, and I think there was one of those on the table. Maybe that first one I picked up. So I'd probably choose the Glock, but I, I'm in the market for one of those Sigs anyway. So I'm gonna say the Sig. We're saying the Sig. Okay. So now the ultimate challenge. Can you identify each gun? We'll start you off with gun number one. Then we're gonna go in the same order, right? Yeah, go in the same, same order. order. No curveballs here today. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say that that is. I'm gonna say that's the Sig. Sig. Five twenty five Sig. I don't even think that's a P model. P320. P320. There you go. There you go. 
but there's another one that feels a lot like that too. Right. So, so okay. number two, you seem to identify right, right. away. That's a Glock 19, but it's a Gen 5 because it has some things over here. So that's my guess there. All right. Number three, what do you think number three is? This is the one. It's got this huge kind of almost like a beaver tail back here. Give me a lifeline? Yes. Consider who you're standing next to. <laughs> On my right? I don't know. So it's a Smith and Wesson shield? Or it's a Smith and Shield. It's a Smith and Wesson M and P. Full size Smith and Wesson. We'll just have to see. Right. To see. All right. And number four. What did you think number four was? Are, are, are you going back? I think number three is a Canic. Yeah. I'm Which one? The Turkish one. <laughs> what model do you think I it is? I don't know. The one that you <laughs> carry all the time with the big old grip that sticks out. I'm going to we'll say Kinnick, and your lifeline helped. So we'll see. I thought it might. Okay. All right. All right. Last one. This one might be an oddball for you as well. Jeez. Jeez, that's nothing to do with this. This is uh, another concealed carry handgun. Some sort of striker fire. That's all I got. I'm going to say this is another SIG, but I don't know what model. Okay. All right, let's see what kind of fool I made well, folks, that. Why don't you take off the blindfold and right. see how you did. This was a lot tougher than those single stacks. So, number one, <laughs> SIG 320, you nailed it. Boom! Number two, took you about a half a second to identify a Gen 5 Glock 19. <laughs> you even got the, gener the generation correct, which is impressive. Number three. And with the help of a lifeline, you found yeah. Ritsky's Canic. TP9 SF Elite. SF Elite. I like those in sexy yeah. green. For the money, I tell you. Number four. That was that's that was a guess, a lucky guess. A three yep. for a loop. That's the three three twenty X, so you got the different grip, different trigger, and the fancy sights on there, but still a three twenty nonetheless. And for the record, this is the one that I'm thinking about moving from the Glock to. Okay. I'm a huge fan. You seem to not be too crazy about the reset, at least on this experience. I did, huh? Yeah. So again, something you'd have to take it out and shoot and see what Definitely. how that transferred to actual right. shooting on the range. But uh, sure. so, wow, but, yeah. What do you have to say about anyone considering any sort of the, these four firearms? I've had every one of these guns go through my classes numerous times. Every one of these guns is reliable. It's going to go bang when you pull the trigger. Um, I would recommend any of these guns to anybody for concealed carry. They're all right down what I would recommend. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing again. I think once again you killed it. Even when we threw a couple curveballs, you were able to figure it out, and I'm really impressed that you're able to even identify the generation of the Glock in there. Which is the one that I didn't like the that's, that one. That's, yeah, that didn't but like that's replaceable, there. right? You can put a different back strap on that. Yep, that's correct. So that would even be something we can really. But that's not the one I carry every day with the big old <laughs> no grip on it. The one you bang into walls. <laughs> So, yeah, all of these are great guns. You bet. Yep. Awesome. Well, all right, folks, that does it for Blind Man's Blaster. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Yeah. All right, well, that just about does it for us today. Um, great stuff from Eric Jones there and Blind Man's Blaster. You he bet. did amazing this time. I crushed it. Crushed it. So, 
Before we end the video, please go to nationalgunrights.org, link down in the description. If you want to help out our foundation with our amicus brief to the Supreme Court, please visit gunrightsfoundation.org. And also, don't forget to get your sticker. Link down in the description again. They're Ooh, yeah. free. Yeah, and stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. We're going to yeah. go in-depth with all our legal ass-kickings that we're involved in. And we're going to go more in-depth about the catastrophe that went down in Baton Rouge this week. You so bet. hit the Liberty Bell so you're alerted when we drop our next podcast. Yep. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, etc. Booyah. That'll do it. See ya. I can feel you, yeah. dude. You ever bend over and smell this? Yeah.